I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with a special series of episodes focused on the COVID-19 pandemic from a different perspective. You already know the part about washing your hands and staying at home, but staying at home has created a whole new set of unforeseen issues. Our homes were not created to serve as home, office, school, restaurant, daycare, you name it all at once. This series of episodes is designed to address the fact that most, if not all of us, have been home weathering this thing out. And this pandemic has been a totally unique experience, one that we were ill-prepared for. So hopefully, this provides you with some inspiration and makes weathering this and preparing for the next one a little bit easier. This is the final episode in this series, not because there isn't more to learn, but because we're coming out of this first lockdown and you've been provided with actionable strategies for making your space more functional, more livable. And now is your chance to go make it real. Speaking of real, I mentioned that we're through the first lockdown and that this will happen again because there will be more. Perhaps not in the near future, but let's not kid ourselves into thinking that this can't happen again. It absolutely can. So instead, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And this series was presented in parts to help you structure your design into categories. And this is the final piece, landscape design. This episode features Margie Grace talking about editing your spaces, embracing the opportunity to clean out, be hopeful bring new life into into your world. Plan the environment. Four steps. Dream it. Two, research it. Shop. Repurpose. Rebuild what you have. Three, build it. And four, live in it. Um, X amount of functions and Y amount of space. Figure out what you want, make it real, and then go make it happen. And then go live in it and enjoy it. And we also talk about functional design. Fruits, flowers, herbs, and decorative plants, trees and shrubs for shade and privacy. What is it you want out of your spaces? Functionally design them. Walk it. Figure it out. And use this time to plan it and make it real. Beds and borders. Seating areas. Ground versus potted gardens. There's some great strategy here about uh, potted gardening and, and potted herb gardens and potted planting. It makes it a lot easier. We talk about more. But uh, she really covers it well. Margie, as you will hear, if you're not familiar with her already, is a tour de force. She is energetic for days and has a very clear vision as it relates to her approach. So strap in and try to keep up. This is Margie Grace. The art really is in the edit, isn't it? And um, It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. And, and But it's funny. Before I hit record, we were talking about being able to just go out and do what you want to do and have a little bit of fun. And we're recording mm-hmm. this on a Friday and I, I I feel like we should be able to do it. But you know what? We can't do it because you can't you can't go anywhere right now. Which is Yeah. But you can. You take a trip in your brain, man, or you take a trip online. Just, you know, dive deep into house, you know, or Pinterest. We have to use our imaginations at this point in time. No, it's so true. I mean, but is that what you're doing right now? Are you getting a lot of inspiration online? Um, no, I'm I'm running like a fiend trying to keep up because um, there are several people in the office that do not want to come in and can only be partly productive. So I'm kind of carrying, you know, one and a half people's loads. Uh, plus my other half, the business part of this uh, uh, operation, she got run over 
by a car, my God. Oh, my God. Three months ago, and she only just started walking this week. So it's been, you know, there's a run and catch up. Plus, we had a book come out March 3rd. So I started running all over the country with this book trot out. But, you know, everything got shut down within a, uh, two weeks. I made, I did two events, you know, out of town, and then everything shut down. And then um, we also have a remodel going because we're closet remodelers. We're on our it's our twenty eighth project. There you go. That we do for our own selves. Well, no, Although our I love that. I think that's our bread great. and butter is is uh, landscape design and construction. Well, and good. So, cause yeah, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I, mm-hmm. I I love your landscape design. I love your work. And thank you. What I wanted to talk to you about is you know, right now everybody being stuck at home, trying to mm-hmm. make the most of the space that you have available, and it's not easy. And I feel like the outside space is one of those areas where we, we could really take advantage of it. But I'll tell you, nowadays, mm-hmm. everybody wants to have the Zoom conference call. And yeah. everybody, it's funny, <laughs> it's like, I, I see you more now than I did when we were working in the same office together. It's crazy. Seriously. But, it really is true. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? But I also think that there's there's lasting ramifications to this. I think that the what people do to their homes now is is going to be you know this is changing the way that we mm-hmm. use spaces and maybe we're we're a little smarter about how we use it and so I wanted to reach out mm-hmm. to you and I wanted to get some practical tips and advice for people who are stuck at home and we're probably halfway through this thing right now I would I would say but yeah people who are stuck at home right now have you given any thought to make making best use of space I know you have Absolutely. So so one of the things I I I was really bummed out about the lockdown, right? Like this sucks, right? But I I changed my attitude towards it. I'm thinking of it now as international spring cleaning break. <laughs> I promise you, garages and closets and drawers have never been this clean. <laughs> Interesting. In, in well decades. <laughs> And so what about international spring cleaning break? You know, have a look at what's going on outside. Is this an edit and enhance moment or is this a big transformation moment for you, right? So uh, if you're just going to do, if if you're not up for, you know, a massive project, then you're going to get out there, clean, prune, cultivate, mulch, get rid of what isn't working, you know, make the most of the break. Um, And then do something hopeful, you know, throw a little something in. You're planting a tree or you're starting your veggie garden or you're adding a bird feeder, or you're building that tree house, you've got to do something that brings life, because this stuff is depressing, man. Well, it is. You've got to get away from the news, and you've got to get something life-affirming going, you know? So that, so that being said, tell me something. When you, when you look at an outdoor space, how, yeah. where do you start to plan? How do you start to lay it out? What is, what is, it, the, what is the best method for, for taking the space and planning it out in, in what? Zones, right? Yeah, four steps, okay? Okay. Starts with it starts with dreaming. Literally close your eyes and place yourself in that outdoor space 2 years from now. Who's with you? What are you doing? What do you hear, see, feel? You flesh this out as richly as you can. The more clarity you see, the more clearly you see it, the easier it is to know what to include and what to leave out. Right? Remember editing. Editing, editing, editing is the best thing. So that might sound like Two years from now, I'm sitting in the shade of a beautiful tree, and my friends are over. Just a small group, you know. It's a, a sunny afternoon, and we can hear the birds, right? You, you, like, what do you hear? 
what, you know, I can feel the uh, warm sun on my skin. And we have a lovely meal that we cook together. And then uh, we're still enjoying each other's company. So we, we, uh, we, we take the last of the wine over to the fire pit. And, um, oh, the dogs are running around. You know, just flesh it out. So it always starts with that dream. Because if you start from another spot, you have to have some sort of a story to guide you, right? So you have that dream. You, this is my dream garden. This is my vision board. This is my, you know, there's lots of ways to look at it, right? But make it as rich as you can. Then you, then you jump into your research and design stuff. Like you're looking for outdoor spaces that you love. Right now's the time. Online and magazines and books in your neighborhood walk, you know, your neighborhood while you're walking the dog in a socially appropriate manner. You know, don't focus <laughs> on plants. Or other details, right? Right. You're looking for a feeling. It pulls you in. It inspires you. It's joyful. It's peaceful. It's enervating. Whatever that is. But you'll know it when you see it. So then you're going to build it, right? So you do. You stand in the space. And, and you, 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 you shop at home first and you say, oh, 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 well, that I could reuse. That I like. That, you know what, that thing is a candidate for euthanasia, right? <laughs> so you, you go through that, assessing what you have. You decide what has to go, what you can keep and make the most of or repurpose, like a great tree. Okay, that's going to be a focus of something. Old concrete, you're going to jackhammer and reuse it, say, as retaining walls, a pot that can be waterproofed, made into a fountain. And now you're laying out your dream space. So what you do is you say, well, I got X number of functions, right? And so I got, a, and I got, a, and I got Y amount of space. So it's just a puzzle to solve. Um, and so... Um, the, the, the final step of that is, is, you know, don't forget this part. We're going to go back to this build part and, and layout and stuff. But don't forget the part about where you celebrate it. You live in it. So you're going to dream it, research and design it, build it, and then live in it. Don't forget that part. you got to enjoy the place you've created. It won't be long until you have a celebratory party with friends and family in your new space, right? So what we do is you're standing there looking at your space. You've already got, you, in your mind's eye, you can completely see what you're going to be doing out there and how it fe- you can tell how it feels, like it's relaxed. Oh, it's playful and joyful. I mean, we all know that. We've walked into spaces where we go, ah, it's calming, right? You know, we walk into spaces that are, you know, we feel playful all of a sudden because it's whimsical, you know? So that you've got these feelings and you've got these looks that you've, you know, ripped up magazines or done Pinterest online. And then you start, you think about it. You order the functions for what you plan to use the most. And you think about how the indoor and outdoor functions relate, right? So you may want the spaces that you use the most to be nearest the house. Or you might decide that that's a destination. It draws you away from the house because, you know, that's how you roll. Uh, there's no right way, no wrong way. This is all personal preference. You may want to pair outdoor functions with their indoor equivalents, like outdoor cooking and dining, for instance, tends to be handiest near the indoor kitchen. And then you think about it, a quiet reading space, well, that's going to want to be tucked away from raucous activities, right? Um, if, if you uh, intend for it to be a quiet space, it might not have seating for 20. <laughs> it might mm-hmm. have seating for one or two. Right. You know? So now you're standing in that space and you're, and you're saying, okay, I, I think I gotta have this closer in and that further out. Or you might be standing in that space and going, damn, I've only got 20 feet by 15 feet to fit it all in, right? So you think about how to maximize the use of each space. 
and minimize the resources that you're going to use. That's minimize the resources. Just a note on that. So that's from like the cost of building it to the cost of maintaining it to how long lived it is. So think not just in terms of money, but in terms of environmental footprint, labor, maintenance, demand, water use, et cetera. You know, can you fit multiple functions into one space? Say a dining area that has a fire pit and you just drag the chairs from the table over the fire pit, less furniture to buy and take care of, you know, groovy. Can you get more out of a space if you have a low wall that doubles as seating? You know, I once had a professor who said, he said, you know, once a year I have to host all the grad students and they come over and they eat and they drink the beer and then I want them to go home. But they'll linger if it's comfortable. So we have this big, long seat wall. And I said, if you, if you, so he wouldn't have to have drag in furniture or anything, big, long seat wall where you have to sort of perch and hold your plate. I said, and if you want me to, I can, I can program the irrigation timer to go on and chase them out of there. But, you know, think about it. Think about uh, in a small space. Think about, uh, oh, I don't know, the banquette table in, in old houses, right? It had built-in benches and a table. Like, 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 can you do some of those tricks for space saving like we do in a Winnebago, you know, where the table folds down and becomes something else? You know, fitting it all in is part of the fun of the puzzle. So... Does that kind of cover what we're looking for there? Is that useful? Boy, I think it does. I think that is some great... That was a doer. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay, so next thing that I want to touch on is something that you mentioned, and I was giving this a lot of thought, is the the concept of the herb gardens, the fruit trees, the the Mm. vegetables, the edibles, Mm. working them into a a serviceable space. And it's funny because I was thinking about this as I was going to the store, and it was like... I was thinking I would prefer not to have to buy so much of this. We have a beautiful lemon tree, and and I love the mm-hmm. fact that I haven't had to buy lemons, and we've been going through lemons like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And so right. I'm wondering um, some advice on working the edibles, working an herb garden, working a vegetable garden right. into an, a usable space so that you don't have the yeah. – you know what I mean? Any yeah. thoughts on that? And I. Yeah, totally. So we are all familiar with this model of like, there's a separate orchard, there's a separate veggie garden, the herb gardens over there. And you know, that's, that's dandy. You got to have lots of space and it does bring some efficiencies, right? But there's the downside of it, right? When it's, when it's empty, it's ugly. It's a hole in your garden, the veggie garden, you know, it's a hole in your landscape. Um, and for me, we usually stick them in the back 40 and, you know, it's like, dang, I wish I'd come out here three days ago because the tomatoes <laughs> are rotting, you know? Right. So I definitely, I'm a big fan of what I call the blended garden. Um, and I, I find, um, that a lot of the herbs are extremely ornamental as are, in my opinion, fruit trees and vegetables. Um, so I separate them into, I definitely, I separate them sort of into, uh, long-lived and short-lived, you know, perennial things and, and annual or short-lived things. So um, I add fruit trees, and sometimes I, you know, I decide whether it's going to be a small one, you know, a dwarf, a semi-dwarf, or a, or a full-sized one, depending on the function I want in the landscape, right? Or um, I, I stuff more in food production in um, uh, using those say, fruit trees in, uh, in, in other ornamental ways, like think of the espaliered um, uh, fig tree on the wall. Think of, um, instead of a fence, having cordoned apples, and you can buy them already, cordoned, as in they look like grapevines, right? 
so they have horizontal limbs. Um, they make beautiful, beautiful uh, fences. Um, you can make them lattice-shaped, you know, crisscross uh, um, um, pruned fences like that. So that's a side note. But think about this. Think about the perennial herbs that are just beautiful, thyme and rosemary, oregano, you know, marjoram, lavender, I don't know, episote, stevia, chive varieties and sages, those are all actually very ornamental. And we like we like the herb guard. We, you know, the way we buy herbs out in the world is we buy a whole bunch and throw most of it away and it's not that fresh. Well, how we use herbs is we like a pinch of fresh herbs, you know. So, so I just tuck those things right into the, into the border and beds. And I do the same thing with perennial vegetables. I find artichokes to be beautiful, uh, Swiss chard, rhubarb, kales, spinach. I love sorrel as an herb. That's a beautiful herb. And um, I also, I, so I tuck those into the beds and borders. Or if I'm, you know, in a transitional moment and I'm ditching a lawn, say, you know, I'll just take out the lawn, throw the gravel down. It becomes a new sitting area. And some of those things are in pots, you know, and some of those things are, you know, planted in the ground. And I have a new sitting area that's beautiful. Then for the short-lived or annual herbs um, and veggies, so think like uh, sweet basil, parsley, which you can plant those in the ground too. They go for a few years, but some mostly we rip them up every year. Dill, um, annual veggies like the cucurbits, the cukes, and squashes. Um, tomatoes, carrots, sweet corn. Yes, I grow sweet corns in a pot. Um, lettuces, snow peas. I grow all of these in large pots and horse troughs that I set within the beds and borders. So those are for the annuals, right? So those containers add structure and color and texture to the beds, right? They even look good when they're empty, which solves that problem of putting all the veggies in the back 40 and then having sort of a gap in your garden. You know, there's a whole long time when you have to live with the tomatoes are ugly, but tomato plants are ugly, but they're still making tomatoes. Um, Once I put it in a pot, and, and, you know, you can easily tell, oh, you know, the, the tomatoes are in that stage. It's not as annoying as a whole, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a delight. Like, dang, there's still tomatoes instead of like, ugh, those plants are looking horrible. Also for me, um, I put those, uh, I was at the same house for 26 years before I moved a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, I put in trees and I, you know, the sun and the shade changed and most of the sun was along the driveway and on the curb strip so I put pots along there and to capture the sun I had gravel under them my cucurbits the you know we have a lot of uh, powdery mildew but I still want Armenian cucumbers and so because grew up with them and so I would I'd stick the cucumber plant in the pot it spill over onto the gravel the gravel was warm and I'd had far less powdery mildew so I also uh, discovered this uh, that I really like no-bend clean shoe gardening. Put those suckers in a pot. Now, pots are expensive. I shop from the chips and ding pile. <laughs> um, you use the horse troughs, and use the horse troughs. They're two feet high. Uh, then you're done with gophers and rabbits as well. Things can still assail them from a top. And then, you know, don't forget the edible flowers, the Johnny Jump Ups, the nasturtiums, the... Um, Oh, uh, pinks, you know, the, it's in the, anything in the chrysanthemum family, you can eat the blooms. Um, you know, things like that. And, and then also those herbs that they might be annuals, 
like borage or but they have a beautiful flower, right? Um, so so I just chuck those seeds in and, and whatever takes, takes, you know. Um, so that's that's my thoughts on that. And I, I'll tell you, on our website, there's um, in the portfolio, there's my old uh, home, um, the front yard as an edible garden. And we had a, you know, we had a neighborhood food shed thing going, you know, um, you know, food, not lawns sort of thing at neighborhood exchange. And you could either come down on every other Saturday to somebody's house or you could just leave things on the on the, you know, on the curb in a basket, you know, and we, we actually gave some thought to it, you know, Hey, I've got an apricot tree that has, you know, look, one apricot tree per four houses is about right. We don't seem to have any avocados. Will someone plant one of those, you know, lemon tree, you know, your lemon tree could serve as a couple houses for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so think beyond your borders on this thing too. And I am a super fan of food on the curb strip. I first learned it, uh, let's see, the oldest, my oldest kid is 32, uh, 32 or 33. And um, in, in his preschool, um, the preschool teacher said, oh, no, I like to plant. I, so this is where I started doing it was 30 years ago was she planted fruit trees on the curb because she liked to watch people steal the fruit. It's, they, as there's all these different strategies for stealing fruit. Of course, they were welcome to the fruit, but it was really good entertainment for her and the kids. They'd look out the window and watch people steal fruit. And I just, I, hey, man, if I'm giving it water in California, I, I need some food back. I need something back, you know. And otherwise, I'm looking for ornamentals that have a high habitat value. You know, I'm throwing in some, uh, some lavender and some sages just so that I've got um, – uh, extra fertile pollinators, you know, going on extra, you know, more food going on on my trees. And then as far as habitat value, you know, make sure that I've got something going for all the, the birds, the bees. And what, for me, I plant for every component of the biome that a- actually occurs there. So I, you know, I'm going to plant nesting material and uh, seeds seed producers you know grasses that have seeds that the birds like um and and i you know i even i'm sorry but i allow for skunks and and uh raccoons too i just separate i mean you know hey they were here first love it (laughs) no totally get it i love it i think that's great the last thing i and i and that is fantastic and the last thing i wanted to ask you about is um something that is really important to me and i think there's a growing need for this is is sort of mm-hmm. that that designing for wellness element the quiet zones mm-hmm. and noise buffers mm-hmm. i'm curious so on noise the only way to eliminate it is with uh there's only two ways to eliminate it right you you either reflect it back you know away from you so that's a hard surface and that hard surface has to be between your ear and where the noise is being made or you do like um, so, or you do like they do in the movie theaters, like you um, you baffle it. So, like the curtains that we have in theaters have to do with the noise not echoing around, right? So, how we do that is within a two sided fence, having a curtain essentially, you know, so that. But but most of us we don't go to those extremes. We look more at sort of masking the noise, you know. Um, so that for me, that's always water. It can be music. It can be, um, you know, we have, we, there's such great, you know, we've got, we've got our phones have music on them and there's beautiful, wonderful little remote speakers that, you know, you know, go with us. Um, it can be a little bit of, um, that which makes the wind 
heard, you know. Um, that can be wind chimes, that can be rustling leaves, that can be that thing you're looking for uh, sensory input that's pleasing that that overrides or at least masks the, 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 the unpleasing sensory input. Um, so, so, so thoughts on it are one, hell yeah, do it. And two, um, it doesn't have to be grand. We all know that we can access a quiet zone mentally, our own selves, if we just would or had the practice, you know, and for certain, a space that brings that forward is really useful. So for some, it's as simple as a, 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 a comfortable chair in the corner. There's greens around you because you're exhaling CO2 and the plants are exhaling oxygen. So the two of you are working together, right? You're feeling good. When you get that deep breath, there's oxygen in it, not necessarily, you know, well, there's a better titer of oxygen than, say, on the side of the freeway. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you, you might have a little focal point statue thing. You might, you have a, even a tabletop fountain. Um, but it is, it, 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 it has to feel sheltered. Um, that can happen by an over an overarching tree. That can happen by, um, you know, uh, a, a pipe structure. You know, uh, two hoops. You know, with with gauze thrown over them that you sit under. Um, it, it, you know, just just again, search what's ready to hand first. Um, and uh, there is. There is a thing about sitting quietly with your eyes closed and imagining that space. And you will realize that you relate, you know, that, boy, yeah, water sound is going to be important to me. Or I happen to relate to Kuan Yin, so she's going to be in there. You know, whatever the thing is, that's your thing. Um, so, yes, there's that. And then... Um, you know, the thing about a quiet zone with its own little noise buffer is um, a lot of time to do it. Um, and, um, you know, with the kids are home 24-7, you know what? It's okay. Put on a 20-minute video for them and go out there, man. If it's going <laughs> to keep you from killing them or killing yourself, <laughs> then it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. It's a it's a good thing, not a bad thing. No, it's totally, a good, um, it's totally a good thing, and and it's it's so important right now. I think, like you were saying, that everyone everyone is so in you know inwardly focused, focusing on the inside and mm -hmm. purging everything on the inside. And you know, when you focus mm -hmm. on the outside, it totally opens a new horizon. Mm -hmm. Well, and and how many how many activities are allowed us anymore? You know, it's kind of your yard is uh, you don't don't miss that opportunity, man. Because you're not allowed to walk around on the street or go shopping or go to the the botanic gardens closed and, the you know, all the public spaces are closed. So you've got your house and you got whatever's outside your house between your house and the property line, right? That's it, man. That's 95% of what you're doing and you get a trip to the grocery store every once in a while. Yeah. So um, it's it's a wasted opportunity. and And that, you know, don't forget the physicality of doing these things, whether it's a, you know you know, whether it's a spring cleaning or an edit and enhance or a, or a big do-over, you know, um, we know that stirring the bones helps your attitude, you know, um, so, you know, stretching, you know, bend and 
pull weeds is good for you, you will feel better and you will feel less homicidal and murderous when you go back in. On that note. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, that, that is actually the perfect exit point. Uh, I love that. I love that. Margie, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> thank you so much. I say make the most out of international spring cleaning break. <laughs> thank you, Margie, for your time and your talent. For more about Margie Grace, please go to gracedesignassociates.com. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your partnership and support of Convo by Design. And thank you for listening. Were it not for you, there would be no Convo by Design. We're getting through this, and while we do, I will keep bringing you ideas from incredibly talented creatives to make it a little bit easier if and when this happens again. If you have any questions, ideas for a segment, or you're a designer and want to help, uh, please email me at convobydesign at outlook.com. Take care of yourself and your loved ones.